Two things I want to say before I get started. I have a cold, so if I start coughing, please forgive me. And I did not write this over the holiday, okay? <laughs> this is one of my favorites, and one of my uh, colleagues said, you will have find out as you write there are some that really speak to you, and this is one that I go back to for myself a lot. So, let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The fig tree was one of the most important food crops in Palestine. Dried figs were pressed into cakes and served as staples in the Hebrew diet. Poultices of figs were used as medicine for skin disorders. Fig trees were valued for their shade as well as their fruit. They grew to be 15 feet tall. Shade and food made the fig tree a valued part of the garden. In a hot and dry and arid climate with very rocky soil, you can see why it was a symbol of prosperity and peace. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have a parable about the fig tree. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus curses the fig tree because it is barren and the fig tree withers right before their eyes. In Mark's gospel, Jesus is on his way to the temple and stops to get some fruit because he is hungry, and finding none, he curses the fig tree. On the way back from the temple, the disciples noticed the fig tree had withered and died. In these two parables, we see the powerful effect of negative words. Luke, the physician, tells the story from another perspective. In the verses preceding this parable, Luke writes in verses 1 through 5, At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. What Jesus was saying to them was, time is short and life is fragile. Accidents happen, injustices happen, and try as you might, you cannot protect yourselves or your, the ones you love from every danger. Violence and misfortune happen in homes, in neighborhoods, schools, interstates, churches, and offices. Along with natural disasters like earthquakes, fires, floods, hurricanes, and heat waves, there are physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial illnesses that happen to us we can't prevent. Yes, we can reduce the risk by being cautious and wise and prudent, but in spite of all our efforts, some will be persecuted unjustly, just like the Galileans whose blood was sacrificed, and some will be killed just like those killed when the tower fell. Jesus then says, unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. And then he tells the parable of the fig tree that was not bearing fruit. Now that to me was an odd response. To repent means to change one's way of life as a result of a complete change of thought and attitude with, God, with regard to sin and righteousness. 
Is there a relationship between repentance, barrenness, and bearing fruit? What does it mean to bear fruit? Does it mean going through and doing everything on your to-do list? Does it mean positive cash flow? Does it mean making the honor roll? Does it mean high, uh, high SOLs, SATs, GREs, ordination exam, bar exams, and license, licensing scores? Does it mean graduating from high school, admission to college, grad school, closing a big business deal, getting a promotion, getting a job, retiring and traveling the world? Is it buying the dream car, dream home, or taking the dream vacation, or marrying the man or woman of your dreams? Does it mean having a marriage where both partners are committed to making the marriage work? Having children who feel good about themselves and strong enough to resist the seduction of the streets? Does it mean positive relationships at work? Does it mean everyone being on one accord so that the ministry is faithful to the gospel? Does it mean ending racism, sexism, class elitism, poverty, health disparities, homelessness, and drug addiction? If so, bearing fruit is hard work. If you follow this line of thought, you would come to the conclusion that the more work you accomplish, the more fruit you would bear. A lot of us think this way. But I discovered a story of the fig tree that had a different meaning about what it means to be barren and what it means to bear fruit. The parable was written by Edward Hayes in his book, The Ethiopian Tattoo Shop a collection of contemporary parables and stories. I'm going to read you the story now. I invite you to see yourself as part of this parable, or you can simply watch and listen to the story. For several years, the young fig tree had been without fruit. She had drunk fully of the rain, soaked up the warm rays of the sun and absorbed her share of goodness from the earth. But yet no fruit had been found on her branches. The owner of the orchard had no patience for what he considered parasites. Cut her down, he ordered the gardener. Please, sir, said the gardener, please give her just one more year. Allow me to nurture her and to, chal and to challenge her. One more year, and then, if she is still barren, well, I'll have her cut down. Shaking his head and mumbling to himself, the owner agreed as he walked away from the gardener, saying, one more year, but that's all, one more year. The gardener began by putting manure around the tree. The fig tree pretended not to notice and only raised her head higher in the sky. He then dug about the tree with his shovel, and as he did, he spoke to the tree. Everyone and everything that lives has a vocation. It is the calling to be yourself. The fig tree said nothing but only sighed inwardly. Who wants to be themselves if they're only a fig tree? Who wants to be themselves, she thought. The fig tree, you see, thought that fig trees were too common. She tried to be an apple tree for years, <laughs> but no apples appeared on her branches. She even went to college and took courses on to become a pear tree, but no pears appeared. So then she resorted to taking a home correspondence course called How to Be a Banana Tree. 
From this and all her other efforts, only frustration and the fruits of failure grew on her. I need to find a job I can enjoy, said the fig tree. A job and a vocation, replied the gardener, are two very different things, my dear fig tree. A vocation has about it a sense of mystery, but a job is like a task. It is something to be done, not lived. A vocation comes from your very roots, from deep down in the dark depths of yourself, and you have fig tree roots. No thanks, said the fig tree. I prefer to be novel. I think I'll go over to the laboratory and have them cross-gene me. You know, have them perform a graph with some other tree so I can be really special. Who knows, perhaps I can become a banana apple tree. Think of the news coverage, not to mention the demand for my fruit. If they could just shake up my genes like that. The gardener shook his head and stopped digging as he said, there is something most special about you even now, little tree. You can be creative in the truest way by living out the mystery of your fig tree-ness. You then become not only something special, but also something sacred. By responding to the challenge to become yourself, you will find yourself in the presence of the real mystery, God. However, both life and God will escape you if you attempt to be what you're not intended to be. And remember, you only have one more year. For the master said he was going to have you chopped down if you did not bear fruit this year. I wish I could run away, said the fig tree. Oh, to have the gift of locomotion like dogs and cats. There's an idea. I'll become a traveling tree. I will need special roots that can stand the wear and tear of walking and still be able to sink deep into the soil when it's dinner time. But where would I get learn such a trick? No fig tree, interrupted the gardener. Forget about being novel, about being a one and only kind of tree, and be creative. I know, I know for sure that if you would only listen to what's in your roots, you, will, would, be, you would be the most special, the most creative and lovely tree in all the world. Listen to my roots, said Fig Tree. What's down there? Your dreams are there, said the gardener, and your history, your passions and desires and other dark mysteries, such as, said the Fig Tree, such as the memories of who you were even before you were a Fig Tree. When we begin to pay attention to, to hear them, to feel them, to sense them, their touch guides us to become fully aware of who we are. That's very interesting. But how can anyone think about such, think with such a horrible smell everywhere, said the fig tree, holding her head as high in the sky as possible. I've surrounded you with manure. I realize it is not the most pleasant of perfumes, but it is one of the real smells of life. Your life, mine, and everyone has its share of crap. We all prefer to get rid of it as soon as possible. But we have to learn to live with it if we wish to grow. You, like all of us, must be willing to live with the manure of defeat, mistakes, failures, sickness, pain, suffering, and even sin. These are the fertilizers of life. 
They are really the stuff that enables you to grow, to get in touch with the strength you never knew you had. Yes, young friend, manure is an essential companion for those who wish to become fully mature. The fig tree was silent. What could she say? The gardener was so philosophical. But even if she didn't have a quick reply, she didn't believe that all her pain and frustration had helped her to grow to anything but a failure. The gardener then took a paperback book from his hip pocket and said, listen to these lines from my favorite poet, E.E. E. Cummins. To be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best day and night to make you everybody else means to fight the hardest battle that any human being can fight and never stop fighting. You are not a human being, my dear fig tree, but it does make a difference. But, there, but it isn't a difference. The truth remains. That's what I've been doing all these years, said the fig tree. I've been fighting to be not everybody. I want to be special. But, answered the gardener, that doesn't mean becoming a hybrid or having some graft done. It means being nobody but yourself. The source of what you desire is to be honest to your roots, honest regardless of the struggle. Not a sound could be heard in the orchard except the dry summer wind rustling the leaves of the olive trees. Both the gardener and the fig tree were silent for a long time. The fig tree was thinking. She was thinking clearly for the first time in years. Yes, she said to herself, it was right for me to fight, only I guess, I guess I was fighting for the wrong thing. In trying to be free of what everybody else wanted me to be, I tried to make myself into something that was unique. I was trying to be novel instead of creative. That was my problem. I see it clearly now. Why not pour all my energy into letting whatever is down there in my roots flow upward? Let it bloom on my branches and mature into ripe fruit. The sun was riding low on the western sky as the gardener picked up his tools and prepared to go home. Once again, he approached the fig tree, and with a smile on his lips, he asked her, Well, my friend? Taking a deep breath, she rose to the fullness of her height and said in a loud voice, enough for all the trees in the orchards to hear, I think I'll be a fig tree. <laughs> Repentance takes on a different meaning in this parable. Be yourself or perish. To repent means to change one's way of life as a result of complete change of thought and attitude with regard to sin and righteousness. Not being yourself is a sin, it is a perspective I never thought about until I read this story. But how many of us try to be something we are not? How many of us allow other people to should on us? How we become so preoccupied with what we should be doing that we lose the sight very thing that God created us to be. We each have our own fig tree-ness. God has given each and every one a reason for being here. It is the thing you have come to life to be. It is what you do with all your heart and soul. It brings joy into your heart and satisfaction into your life. It is doing the work your soul must have. 
Some of us are fortunate and know what their fig tree-ness is early on at a very early age. Others try to do what they think folk want them to do or expect them to do. Still others go from one thing to another like a ball in a pinball machine. And still others grab the first thing coming along and never take the risk to follow the desires of their heart. So how do we come to understand our purpose? What do we, what do, we do to get clarity on our reason for being? We have to go to our roots and listen. Our dreams, our history, our passion, our desires, and God are in our roots. And how do we do that? We have to listen deep down in our dreams and desires. We have to make a silent space so we can hear the revelation. We have to make a space of quiet time so that we can be aware of the still, small voice. Because our true God-given purpose, our reason to be, is underneath all the activity and diversions of life. It is underneath our sense of duty and responsibility. It is underneath the pain and disappointment of shattered dreams. It is underneath our illnesses and fears. Paul writes in Ephesians 1, 17-19, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. Taking time to go deep into your roots grounds you in the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and fills you with the fullness of God. To go deep into your roots strengthens your inner being with power through the Holy Spirit. To go deep into your roots helps you comprehend the width, the length, the height, and the depth of Christ's love for you. Our fig tree-ness is usually surrounded by struggle, mediocrity, and belief in scarcity and limitations. We are warned and cautioned about what we cannot do, should not do, or better not do. We are rarely encouraged about the things we can do and must do because God needs them done and has chosen us to do it. Twenty years after the Israelites returned to Jerusalem, things were not going well at all. They were unhappy, dissatisfied, unfulfilled people. Just like the fig tree, their lives were barren. The prophet Haggai says to them, give careful thought to your ways and consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. The heart for the Hebrew people was the organ for thinking and will. Haggai counseled them to reflect, to decide, and then to act in light of what was happening to them. He told them to focus, literally, to set the heart and give careful thought to their ways and consider how things were. To think about to think about a different way of doing what they were doing, to consider doing something they had not done before or maybe should have been doing all along. The adversity in their lives compelled them to set their heart and listen to the word of God. 
Proverbs 27, 18 says, anyone who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and anyone who takes care of a master will be honored. Give me one more year, the gardener said to the owner. Jesus knew the fig tree would bear fruit. Jesus knew the fig tree needed to be tended to for a little while. Jesus knew if the fig tree would take time to listen to him, she would find out who she really was and what fruit she was to bear. Jesus knows we can bear fruit. Jesus came to tend to our process of becoming. Jesus came to help us get to those dreams and passions and purpose. Jesus came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is our best friend. We can talk it out with him, and he will help us work it out. Jesus is our gardener, digging around our roots, transforming the fertilizer of sorrow and suffering into grace and glory. When we know who we really are, then and only then do we have the energy to produce fruit. We cannot be anybody but who we really are anyway. To repent means more than not drinking or drugging or stealing or cheating or lying. It also means not trying to be something you are not. God made each and every one of us special and creative. God wants us to live into our fig treeness. God wants us to bear fruit. Jesus is standing in the garden of our lives with his shovel and his straw hat, ready to help us dig into our roots, work on the manure in our lives so we can become mature and bear our own unique fruit. The next time you feel the urge to be someone else, the next time you feel lost or barren, give careful thought to your ways. Consider how things are. Set your heart. Go to your roots. Meet Jesus and find yourself. Amen. Thank you.